morning. Please turn with me into your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Ephesians 1, 3, 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in his heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace which, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through the blood, his, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all his wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having pre been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that who we were the first to hope in Christ might be to praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Good morning. If you didn't get a handout, would you raise your hand? We'll ask Steve or BJ to bring some in. Uh, I think we might have missed a few. Would you please leave your Bibles open to Ephesians 1? We ask for God's blessing on the reading and the preaching of His Word this morning. Would you raise your hand? My wife, our families, my church family, my friends, a car that gets me where I want to go most of the time, books, Irish music, Iowa Hawkeyes, a warm bed, tea, the United States of America, Laura Eels Fudge. Now that might seem like at a separate list, but they have something in common. And I'm sure you already know what it is. These are just a few of the things that I'm thankful for, that I have found to be a blessing in my life. Some of the blessings that I want to express my gratitude come Thanksgiving Day on November 28th. Thanksgiving Day is a national holiday, a national holiday in which we thank God for this year's harvest and for all of the blessings that he has lavished on our country. I think sometimes that the thanks part of the holiday gets gives way to parades and football and things like Christmas shopping, but that's kind of the way of the earth, isn't it? But I hope as Christians who are repeatedly called to thanksgiving that we will keep the thanks in thanksgiving this year. But at least some of that day, that holiday, will be given to prayers, to prayers of thanks, to reflection on just how much God has blessed us. 
as we sing how good God is to us, that he cares for us. I want to encourage us in that, and the way I want to do that is I want to spend these Sundays before Thanksgiving helping us count our spiritual blessings. I think too often Christians see the Christian life as a walk along a barren, narrow ridge of mountain. One misstep to the right or left and we fall to our eternal death. But the reality is much different for the faithful Christian who loves God. The Christian life for them is a walk in a flower-filled meadow on a warm summer day. It is a walk with countless reasons for joy and peace and for thanksgiving. Even when our Christian walk takes us through storms as it surely does, God keeps us in the hollow of his hand and he always brings us through the storms. The passage that helps us to see the Christian life as reason to give thanks is this passage that we heard in our reading in Ephesians 1, verse 3 through 14. The passage is unique in the New Testament. There's no other passage that is put together quite like this one. And its purpose is to remind Christians of what God has done for us. To remind us of God's work for us in verses 3 through 6. Of God's work in Christ in verse 7 through 10. And God's work in the Holy Spirit in verses 11 through 14. All of which God has done for us, in our behalf, for our benefit and blessing. And so this morning I want us to look at verse 3 through 6 and join Paul in this thanking of God for what he has done for us. And in this fine encouragement, not just to have a day of thanksgiving, but to be a thankful people. To be a grateful people for all that God has done. Let's listen to our verses again. Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he makes us accepted in the beloved. Let God be blessed. Let God be praised for all that he has done for us. Verse 3. We call the gifts of God to us his blessings. Whether it's a good job or a new friend or some unexpected good that comes our way. We speak of God's blessings and he does bless us lavishly. He is not stingy. He does not withhold his blessings from his children. But today with Paul and through these words in Ephesians 1, we want to bless God. We want to praise God. We want to give him thanks. We want to express our gratitude and our adoration. And we bless him because he is our God. We want to affirm that that he created us and that he sustains us, that he is our Savior. We praise God because he is the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to sing praises and give thanks that God sent his own Son into the world to be our Savior. 
And if there was no other blessing coming our way, if there had never been another good coming our way except Jesus, that in itself would be sufficient to cause us to be a thankful, grateful people. But the reasons for praise and thanksgiving to God really go beyond our counting. There is a song that that we love to sing, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one. I don't know if anybody is set out to do that. But eternity would not be long enough for us to name all of our blessings one by one. Because God has blessed us, as Paul says here, in the heavenly places. Heavenly realms. We live this in this physical realm of earth, five senses, flesh and bone, but at the same time, there is another greater reality that we live in heavenly places, in the heavenly realm. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6 affirms that we have already been raised up by God, that we walk in newness of life, and that we are seated with Christ in those heavenly places. Just as God blesses our life in this world, He He blesses us spiritually. He blesses us in the heavenly realms as well. In fact, in those heavenly places, we have been blessed, he says, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. When we were baptized, we were baptized into Christ. And in Christ, we have spiritual blessings We have the blessing of salvation. We have been rescued. We have been delivered from God's wrath, from God's condemnation. We've been blessed with the forgiveness of sins. God even has a way to deal with our sins after we become a Christian so that we can remain in a full relationship with Him. We have the blessing of the Holy Spirit. We know the blessing of God's love in Christ Jesus. And we find great courage in the statement that comes at the end of Romans 8 that there is no force on earth that can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Thanks to Jesus' work on the cross, we have access to the throne of God. We even have Scripture that encourages us to approach the throne because we will find the mercy and the grace that we need. We have a home in heaven. In Christ Jesus, we have fellowship with each other. And that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of all the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. And so, we thank God. We have great motive. We have great reason to have hearts that are full of gratitude because He has done so much for us. Because He has been so generous to us. We praise Him and we honor Him and we glorify Him. We bless Him because He has first blessed us with spiritual blessings in Christ. But then Paul becomes more specific. Let God be praised, let God be blessed for graciously choosing us to be His people. Look at verse 4. Again, having been baptized into Christ, we have a new status. We have become God's special people, His unique people, His chosen people, as the King James puts it, His peculiar people. Before He ever began His work of creation, God decided, God made a plan, and that plan was that whoever answered the gospel in faith and obedience 
would become his special people out of all of the people on the earth. And so by God's gracious will, having obeyed the gospel, we are his. We are his unique people. We belong to him. We are God's very own. Now, God didn't choose us to be his people because we were good. He didn't choose us because we were righteous or because we were better at doing religious ceremonies than anybody else. He didn't choose us because we were lovable or that we were desirable. We are God's special people because of his free, gracious choice. We don't use this word very often and it sometimes makes us uncomfortable, but because of his election. He has chosen us and made us his own if we have obedient faith. There are no reasons for God's choice of us as his people that we are capable of comprehending except the simple truth that he chose us. Why he chose us is in his mind and in his heart. And he hasn't revealed it. But he has chosen us. He has chosen us who have heard the gospel and believed it and obeyed it. We stand in a special relationship with him because of that. And we praise him because he made us his own. We thank him for his favor and his mercy. Now, part of what it means to be chosen, to be God's elect, means that our lives as his people have a goal, has a purpose. And that goal or that purpose is that God expects his unique people to live a particular kind of life. It isn't that he gave us salvation and then said, go on your way and and live any way you want to. That's not the plan. The plan is, first of all, that those that he has chosen and made his own will be a holy people. We don't leave this world when we become Christians. We, we live it out here, don't we? But God expects us to separate ourselves from the world. God expects us to be different from the world. To be distinct. We are vessels dedicated to his work. We are vessels dedicated to his glory. And if you want to see a full explanation of what Paul means by holy here, turn over to chapter 4 and quickly look through verse 17 to 24. There's an excellent discussion of the holiness that God calls us to. But not only are we to be holy, Paul says we are to be blameless. We are to be a people who are above reproach. Now, to be blameless is not to be sinlessly perfect. If that was the case, there wouldn't be any of us, would there? We're not sinlessly perfect. But rather, to be blameless, to be above reproach, is to be a people whose lives display the wholesomeness of God. There's a cleanness about us, a morality about us that is inspired by God. There's godliness, and there is virtue, and there is goodness. 
Not because we just happen to be bent that way, but because God has made us his own and he has transformed us into such people. And again, if you want to see the specifics of what it means to be blameless, keep reading in chapter 4 and look at verse 25 to 32. Because he's very specific about what it means to be blameless. He says, you know, things like, don't get angry with your brother. You know, some, you know, those kinds of things. And then third, Paul says, we are to be a people full of love. People who willingly and gladly love, who freely give themselves for others. And again, Paul defines this demand for being loved when he says, in chapter 5 and verse 1, be imitators of God, therefore, dear, lo- dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as God loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are called to be a people whose lifestyle is that of loving giving, giving ourselves to others, imitating Christ, that as he gave himself for others, we too will give ourselves for others. This is the life that God has chosen for us. This is the life that God calls us to, having given us our salvation and made us his people. People in the world should be able to look at us and see, ah, these are Christian people. We are to be the light of the world. We are to be a city set on a hill. We are to be salt and light. We are to make a difference in the world for God. Holy, blameless, loving people. But being holy and blameless and loving is not just about what the world can see. It is how we live in God's sight. Those are things that we do, that we are, as we live before Him. As we live in His presence. And here's one of the greatest blessings of being God's chosen people. And that is that every single day, every moment of every day, we live in the presence of God. God isn't in this building, and we don't have to come to this building to see God or to be with God. We gather as His people to worship here, but wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we are blessed to be in His presence His presence, His blessing, His approval, His favor, His love surrounds us wherever we are, just like the air that we breathe. I love David's statement in Psalm 139. If I go to the highest mountain, God is there. If I go to the depth of the ocean, God is there. In the dark of the night, God is there. It's light to Him. And that's part of what Paul is saying here. But the blessing of being a Christian is even greater and more intimate than what David knew because God has chosen to live in our hearts through his spirit in an intimacy that that David didn't experience. How How good God is to us and how worthy and deserving of our praise and adoration. What tongue can recite? What language can we borrow to thank thee, dearest friend? How can we praise him for all that he has done and is doing for us? And yet, as small and feeble and insufficient as it may be, we want to be a grateful people and we want to say thank you to God for such amazing blessings, such amazing gifts. 
And then Paul concludes this part of our passage by saying, let God be blessed for adopting us as his children. Look at verse 5 and 6. There was an amazing story in the news. It's been on a couple of times in recent weeks. It was a story about a boy that, 13-year-old boy that walked into a worship service somewhere in Washington. And in that worship service, he went forward and he explained that he didn't have a mother. He didn't have a father. He didn't have a family. He didn't have anybody to love him. And what he wanted more than anything else in the whole world was a family to love him. I guess hundreds of people called offering to be parents or to help. Well, I want us to think about that because spiritually we were once orphans. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, we were without God. We were without hope. And there is no sadder picture in all of Scripture of the human condition than that. No hope. No God before we became Christians. But as God set up His plan to save the world, He decided, He made the plan that that we wouldn't be orphans anymore once we believed and obeyed the gospel. He determined His great plan was that every obedient believer would become a member of His family. A member of His family by adoption. He would become our father and Christ would become our elder brother. And he gave us a family in each other. And oh, what a family. Take a moment and look around at the people sitting you're sitting with. Look at the beautiful faces. Look at the handsome faces. What a glorious family. And it's our family. We belong to each other because we all belong to God. We're not alone. We're not ever alone. Because our Father is never far from us. He'll never abandon us. He will never forsake us. Now why did God decide to adopt us? Why did God choose? Why did He determine that that would be what He would do with those who heard and obeyed the gospel? You know, he could have blessed us greatly just making us servants in his house in some way. He didn't have to make us children to bless us, but he did. Why make us family and give us a share of Christ's inheritance? There is only one reason. And it's an amazing reason. And the amazing reason is that it was his good pleasure to do it. There was no compulsion. There there was no logical requirement. There was no one standing over his shoulder and saying, this would be a good idea if you would do that. He adopts us into his family because it pleases him to do that. It pleases him that you're his daughter. It pleases him that you're his son. Think about your children. Don't you delight in your children? Aren't you proud of your children? Did they have to do something to earn your being your children? No, they are by the will of a father and mother. 
Well, we are God's children by His will and by His great pleasure. And not only was it His pleasure, but He adopted us into His family, not when we got cleaned up and were good and, and, and desirable people. This happens despite our sin and rebellion. He took the initiative. He, he reached out to us because He loves us. And He takes such great delight in doing this. He delights in our salvation. You know, twice the Scripture say, once in 1 Timothy and once in 2 Peter, that God doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anybody to be lost. And that's just the negative or the opposite way of saying what Paul says here. Is that God delights in saving us and making us part of His family. And not only that, but it was to the praise of His glorious grace. I had wonderful parents. My wife had wonderful parents. Diana did. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine being without a father and mother. Not as a child. To have no family of any kind. But imagine being in that place and then all of a sudden the family comes along and they want you to be part of the family. If they did that, what would you, what would you say? What do you think that boy said to the people that eventually adopt him? What do you think he'll say? Do you think he'll say thank you? Wouldn't we say thank you? Sure we would. Then let's say thank you to God. Let's thank God for the amazing blessing of being His children. We have been saved by His grace, by His glorious grace. We have been made part of His family and we praise Him and give Him thanks. Everything in our relationship with God turns on His grace, on His love and on His mercy, on His favor which He freely gives us in His beloved Son, Jesus. And the wonder of His grace, again, is that He extended it to us when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, when our lives were ruled by the evil one, when we lived to satisfy one sinful desire after the other. But He made us alive because of His great love. He made us alive with Christ. He raised us up with Christ. It is by grace we are saved through faith. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. All of this is ours, not because we deserve it, but because God loves us. And what greater blessing is there to be thankful for than that? What can we do but give thanks and praise? Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Are these blessings that we've talked about this morning yours? Do you enjoy these blessings? If you're a Christian, they are to be sure yours. Rejoice in the Lord and giving thanks for what He has done for you. But if you've never been immersed in water for the remission of your sins, as God's Word commands, these are not blessings that you enjoy. Not yet. You're still that spiritual orphan that we've been talking about. But God's good and glorious pleasure and will is to give them to you if you'll simply trust and obey. If you'll believe that Jesus is His Son and that He raised His Son from the dead. And on that 
belief, on that faith, repent of your sins. Turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. Confess your faith and be immersed that he could take away your old life and give you a new one. A new one as part of his precious family. If there's anyone this morning that needs to do that, won't you come while we stand and sing?